Hello and welcome again to the National Leprechaun Museum's podcast. This is Mark and I'm here with... Paddy. Hey Paddy. Hello. You're meant to ask me how I am. How are you Mark? I'm, I'm asking you like I give... <laughs> <laughs> I'm cold, it doesn't matter, don't ask me. Uh, Paddy, what are we talking about? Uh, what are we talking about this week? We're talking this about month? exploring, exploring uh, adventures, getting out and about getting out there into the world. Now, sometimes exploring is just inverted commas, a uh, fancy word for invading. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but exploring is a very big theme in Irish folklore, um, huge theme. There's countless stories on, uh, on exploring. There's the voyage of Maeldoon, the voyage of Bran, the voyage of Brendan, and of course, the creation myths. There are no real creation myths in Ireland. It's just one invasion after another, one exploratory party after the other. Well, we, we're living on a small bit of rock, so I mean, once yeah. you've had a look around all those corners, you're like, ah, what's next? Yeah, but you you, you don't get uh, you don't get like in the with the Japanese myth where all the islands are have teardropped and have fallen from the face of the god. You just Ireland is was. Well, we've got we've got all our, our little islands which are rocks where giants are having fights and chucking bits at each other. That's Quite an angry bunch of people. Yeah, <laughs> the giants notoriously angry. Well, think about if they were that big, Ireland is smaller again. Yeah. I don't yeah, like feeling enclosed or entrapped. It's yeah. one of my fears. It's, it's, very small territory, you know the way like uh, some sometimes two neighbours will get into a fight over a hedge. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what Ireland was to the giants. It was the hedge between their driveways, and they were like, "It's my hedge, no, it's my hedge. I can cut it, no, you can't cut it." I like the idea of that. I like the idea. I love anything that makes people argue with each other. <laughs> as an observer, as an observer, I really enjoy that. I don't like being involved in it. Which is no, weird because I love no. conflict. Yeah, I love like those those programs about the, the two neighbors that again they've been art- like some guy has a forty foot uh, pine tree raw yeah. in his backyard and his neighbor gets zero sunlight into the house and they've mold coming into the corners of the rooms like we just want to cut the hedge. Is it that or is it that they don't have a tree so they don't want anyone else to have it? <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> well, because it's never going to be that straightforward, like you know what I mean. So it, I, I think a lot, of, a lot of the arguments kind of like begrudgery, something that we're known oh, yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. I mean, I don't like other people uh, having things, but I don't have it. Yeah, it's like our, where I live in our house, you could never have had like a tree house. No, no, where I live, and but there was always that one kid in the neighbourhood that had a tree house, and everyone wanted to go and see it, and there was that begrudgery, like. But it's how do you feel like then you're they only like you because of your treehouse? Just burn it down every night. <laughs> Just burn it down every night. Like, like um, I, I, I own it. Um, oh my lord, Paddy, jump in and save me on this. The church that got burned to the ground every night until the vision said to bury a holy man. I don't know that story, no. It's St. Columba. Oh, right. It's, it's, it's on Iona, is it? It's on Iona. So, sorry, this is not like for the topic for it. So they head off to Iona and they're building their first church yeah. and they're told, you know, it, it, every morning they come out it's been burned before they finished it. And uh, a vision tells him that uh, until they bury a holy man in the ground, uh, it will never be built. So, of course, he takes it to his people. It's a new island and... It's like, and, and a guy volunteers. You there, Connor, you're, we're going to bury you, alive. <laughs> no, well, the guy's name was Ottoman. Ottoman. And, yeah, Ottoman, and 
he volunteered and he got buried into it and the church was built and it was fine. It was all good. He was under the ground. And after a couple of years, during a sermon, he burst up through the ground and he said that there was no heaven and no hell. Actually, <gasps> St. Ottoman is a patron saint of atheists. Wow. Yeah, and that's the story. So they went off and found Iona and they had to set themselves up. That's kind of exploring, isn't it? Yeah. What would you be the patron saint of? Biscuits. Biscuits. Yeah. yeah. And if there is one already, then, I mean, sorry, I should have paused and had it gone, hmm, I wonder, I ponder. <laughs> what about you? What would you be the patron um, saint of? Eating cake in swimming pools. In swimming pools? You know, you like, you get one of those inflatable chairs, you lie back in the, in the inflatable chair, you've got beautiful people around you singing and splashing around. And you're is this the music cake. video for Club Tropicana that you're featuring? <laughs> No singing on the podcast, Spotty. The the listeners don't want it. Now the listeners, though, and are picked by listeners. I mean, people who work here and this people who come through. Sorry, I'm going to tell her singing it. Oops. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did it again. Yeah. You're like quote lyrics, you see, like I just very subtly did with uh, Britney Spears. Oh, but yes. some people have actually asked us some questions. Oh, brilliant! Now there's a couple of questions there that kind of I know are to do with something you want to talk about. So I'm actually right. going to hold off on them. Okay. Um. Have you ever gotten lost going home from the pub party? <laughs> many times, many times. So you're from um, rural Ireland, so... I'm from rural Ireland, and uh, I, I remember it was uh, New Year's Eve, the New Year's Eve party in uh, Hillards in Ballybunion. It's always is, is all a big party. Everybody dresses up in costume. And, of course, myself and my friend Timmy was living in Ballybunion, right? Okay. And he had, he had moved from one house to the other and we, we had a few drinks out together that night I hadn't been to the new house yet to see what it was like I was looking forward to sleeping in the new house on the couch and uh, I, I had maybe a few jars too many as many an Irishman before me has done and I said ah no lads I, I better I better wamble home uh, uh, back to the house and, uh, and take a snooze but I never, I conferred with most of my friends. I never conferred with Timmy, of course. And yeah. I wambled back to his old house. Were there new occupants? Well, there were new occupants, but they had not locked the veranda door. Not the, you had verandas in Kerry? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ballybunion loves a veranda. Nice. Because it's a beach town. And <laughs> went into the veranda, uh, laid down on the couch, was awoken three hours later by people who had no idea who I was. And what in the name of God I was doing there? Uh, but uh, uh, just some some uh, hyper intelligent individual, or oh, he must be one of Timmy's friends, was wandering home from the pub drunk. Must be. See, you wouldn't get that. I, I'm from Tala. It's very different to Kerry. Like kind of like You're wandering home. In the head. <laughs> no, we don't. Don't use. That's too impersonal. Also, <laughs> too topical right now. So we won't okay, get into that. Moving swiftly on. Moving that. Um, actually, there's a question. It's not on this one. But do you have a favorite explorer? Do I have a favorite explorer? Yeah. Um, there's a few. Uh, Brendan is, of course, the favorite explorer of many Kerry people. Okay. The first Kerry man to discover America. Where are you from, Kerry party? <laughs> I don't think you've ever mentioned it on a podcast. <laughs> Bring Kerry up every time. Kerry is uh, interesting in, in many ways, uh, but Brendan got sick and tired of uh, being Kerry and decided to, to set out uh, from Venture Harbour with uh, some of his friends in a small curragh, a small boat, and two convicts, that's the part they always leave, two uh, sinners, 
to uh, people who should should have been in jail if there were jails in the fifth century. They they were Emotional dragged along. Jail. They were dragged along on this trip. They got lost several times. They met all these kind of fabulous islands. And Brenda was also the first man to light a fire on top of a whale, which you know probably the last as well. I don't know if my if my festival uh, uh, plan goes through for next August, the whale fire festival. <laughs> <laughs> not something myself and I can comfortably say the museum uh, would promote so <laughs> they used whale oil for years did they though but while they were alive and swimming in the sea that's true that's very okay, true okay probably best not yeah. to so Brendan would be your favourite explorer no no no. I, uh, don't say Star Lord no <laughs> <laughs> my favourite explorer um, I do like Edmund Hillary for uh, not just for the whole why did I climb Everest yeah. because it was there but do you know what Hillary did after Everest no he went hunting for the abominable snowman he went hunting for Yeti I'm going to guess didn't find him <laughs> no he was convinced Yeti existed and he went to, he went out hunting him I don't think we can be so arrogant to assume we know all of the creatures on the planet but it's highly unlikely something that big is knocking around it's not like not knowing Brian Blessed exists, um, <laughs> who I would consider one of my favourite explorers. Shouty man! Because he's also climbed Everest. But my favourite explorer is Uncle Travelling Matt. Uncle Travelling Matt? Yeah. Who's Uncle Travelling Matt? He's the guy who wrote the postcards in The Fraggles. Oh, right. Yeah, that's the one who sent the postcards back, and you'd see his adventures out in the world yeah. uh, with, with, with people, with humans. Very good. Yeah, you don't get that reference at all, that's lost on you. No. Oh, Uncle Traveling Matt formed my childhood years. Jackie Chan. In the Jackie Chan cartoon. He did a lot of exploring. Okay. Went to various parts of the I watched a lot I watched that cartoon when I was younger, the Jackie Chan cartoon with the with the right. dragon that's a statue and, uh, yeah. and he has to hunt the the stones to come alive. Was a big lad in the black trousers, white shirt and the braces with the sleeves rolled up? He was a bad guy. He was one of the henchmen oh, of the bad guys. So, yeah, yeah. I loved the granddad as well. He was brilliant. I loved the granddad. He was brilliant. Yeah. Wow, we've got off on a weird tangent. <laughs> yeah. It's, we're exploring. We're, we're exploring, exploring the conversation. And, and in a way, every Irish story is an exploration of the mental psyche landscape. Yeah. You've got to fit that, one of those lines into every podcast. One of those, yeah, ah. flouncy, unnecessarily decorative. Um, so now when I re- release my pop psychology book... <laughs> You can say a pop album uh, with your covers of all Wham's greatest hits. Um, but this was one I liked that we got uh, written down in the suggestion box was if you can explore and implore, can you just plore? <laughs> I know, I That's know. one for the pedants out there. And pedantry, oh God. I'm a, I love pedantry as much as the next Kerryman, but. Um, <laughs> What would you do, Mark, if you were just ploring? I don't know. I know explore yeah. is to look outside of yourself, to implore when you ask, you implore with someone, it's begging to look inside themselves. So if just is it just looking? You can't just look. Maybe it's a form of meditation. Someone's going to find a way to bring out a celebrity DVD and make money off the back of it. Yeah. It's not going to be me. Jerry Halliwell and... Jerry Halliwell Ploring yeah. with Jerry Halliwell Ploring um, <laughs> um, Okay It'll be the next biggest thing after her Ploring with Jerry Halliwell 
Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you this one, and uh, and then I reckon it's gonna lead to you telling your story, Bob. Very good. If because it can't be avoided, is Kerry really the land of the fairies? <laughs> I think that's one of your uh, co-workers. Yeah, 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 um, yes, um, I'm obliged to say that because of the Kerry Tourist Board. It's you say, when you leave Kerry, oh, they pay your wages. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, when I you leave, just it's, it's like a non-disclosure agreement. When you leave Kerry. You sign a contract that if anyone asks you, is Kerry the kingdom of magic and the fairies, you are obliged to say yes. So that's a disclosure, not a non-disclosure. You're <laughs> encouraged dis- to go and tell disclosure people. Disclosure agreement. It's weird because I never would have known you were from Kerry. <laughs> uh, so are there any good exploration stories, Potty, from Kerry? Oh, he there, says subtly. There, uh, there are several. Very, well, my favourite exploration story uh, is uh, the, the granddaddy of them all. Uh, the arrival of the Milesians. So the story starts a, a very long time ago with the very first Irish people uh, in Galicia, in the north of Spain. Have you ever been to Spain, Mark? No. Oh, I have, but not as in, in the most touristy way possible. Okay. I highly recommend Galicia. You'll be just driving through the countryside and you'll just turn the bend and all of a sudden there's an enormous statue to the very first Irishman, Brogon, as we say in Irish, or Breogon, as they say in Spanish. It's a lovely part of the world. They play hurling there in the north of Spain. Really? There's a, yeah, there's a massive Roman lighthouse there as well. But the Milesians, the, the sons of Mill, well, they were builders. Yeah. Like many Irish people after them. They enjoyed building things. Uh, and one day they decided to build the tallest tower that Europe had ever seen. The Burj Khalifa of its day, as I'm sure many people called it. And sure enough, they did it. <laughs> uh, I've heard that so many times on public transport, people referencing that. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, they did it. And at the top of their very tall tower, they placed their youngest son. Well, I say he was their youngest son. He was possibly their most annoying son. Uh, if. And if would gaze out over the waves, gaze out over the waters, He'd slip in and out of daydream, in and out of fantasy. And one day while he was gazing off to the northwest, he saw what appeared to him to be the most beautiful island in the world. He marveled at it and thought, how could anywhere in the world be that fertile, that green? Remember, he's from the north of Spain. He's from Galicia, quite rocky there. And he thought, surely it's a mirage. But the more he looked at it, the realer it became until he realised he was gazing at something real he was gazing at what we call home Ireland Hibernia Erin whatever you want to call it and he he ran to the bottom of the very tall tower and he told his builder brothers about this fantasy island but nobody would believe him you know you can imagine imagine some Dublin builders and you're trying to convince them to leave with you to a fantasy island any excuse to take a break (laughs) It's my experience of builders. To go get a chicken fillet roll. Uh, yeah. Yeah, or, oh, I don't have that part with me. i got to go get it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no offence was intended to any people in the building profession. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, back to the story. Right. Stop right. And he, he went to the, the king, and the king was the king of the Gaels, because they're the Gaelic tribe. And the king was basically, I have enough on my plate. I don't want to be sending a fleet and an army off out after a fantasy island. Uh, but if, who was a, a sorcerer by trade, and sorcerers tend to be 
brave by nature, he decided that he and the son would leave together. And after some pretty drastic detours all around the Atlantic, they eventually hit Ireland and they looked at it and they thought, how beautiful is this place? This is amazing. But they also discovered that Ireland was ruled by three kings, yeah. sons. They were sons of Kermit Honeymouth. That's your drag name. <laughs> <laughs> you Kermit Honeymouth was not the love child of Kermit the Frog and the Honey Monster. Uh, Kermit was the son of... <laughs> Kermit was the son of the Dagda. You should see the face on Mark now. Kermit was the son of the Dagda, the, the, the Zeus of Ireland, the head god, the big the chief. The daddy. The daddy. The big, yeah. The daddy. And the three sons were at each other's throats uh, completely and constantly. And uh, it pulled him aside and he said, look at the place you have. It's so beautiful. You know, compared to the rock in Galicia, where I grew up, this is paradise, this is heaven. And the kings looked around and they thought, you know, something is right. Yeah. But then they looked at Ith and they're like, why is he here? Why is he so in love with the place? What's his plan? And instead of going, oh, you're so wise, foreigner, lead us, they went, let's kill him. Yeah. Uh, they killed Ith and uh, his son managed to escape with the body. And the son sailed back to Galicia, back to the north of Spain. And uh, now the king of the Gaels, the Gaelic tribes, well, he hadn't been willing to send one boat yeah. out with it on his exploration, on his adventure. But <laughs> the Gaels loved a good pretext for war. There was nothing like a, go a good excuse for war. So to avenge its death, the king of the Gaels sent 60 boats full of men they sailed when they reached Ireland again after many detours everyone seemed to go on a detour when they were travelling on the Atlantic uh, they found that the whole country was just shrouded in fog but what they could make out from the country is a giant pig naturally naturally it's one of those WTF moments in, in Irish folklore where you're like a giant pig really but the giant pig didn't scare them off. Uh, they found uh, they found an inlet. They sailed up. Uh, do you remember in the Simpsons where uh, they do that whole night uh, night boat instead of yeah the night rider? And there's yeah. always a convenient inlet. Of course. Yeah, well, with invasions in Ireland or exploring Ireland, there was also always an inlet to to, to sneak up, uh, and they quickly started to march towards the headquarters to, towards Tara to avenge the death, the death of Ith and they were met by three goddesses slash queens and they were named uh, Aaron or Eru uh, Fjudla and Bamba now she's my favourite Bamba is your favourite yeah and they, each of the goddess slash queens prophesied that uh, the humans would be successful if they named the country after her. Now, personally, I think Fjordland and Bambaland. I would visit Bambaland. I would. I would visit Bambaland. That's, that's the one I'm going to. Yeah, I'd visit Bambaland. But the... you have, I believe. <laughs> I saw some pictures on your Instagram. <laughs> uh, 
so when they reached Tara, the fairy kings were having one of their debates, in inverted commas, and, well, the kings were <laughs> confronted with the gales. Well, they were very unsportsmanlike. Well, this is very unsportsmanlike. They said, we yeah. have been preparing for an invasion. Yeah, heads yeah. up, please. Yeah, you could have at least sent someone over to say you were coming. That's the way it was done. Yeah, that was the Honour. It was yeah. a bit of honour back then. And the Gales were quite cocky as well. Uh, Amerigan was, was, the, was the leader or the general or whatever you want to call him. They, they were quite cocky. Uh, to explain to you why, the word Gaelic is very special. It comes from the Irish word for a spear. Gay is the Irish word for a spear. Yeah. And uh, the whole country was named after a weapon of war. Yeah. Imagine there were people alive today that referred to themselves as the AK-47s. I, you know, I'm sure it's, it's a name. They'd just spell it with a Y. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I know yeah. what you mean. You would. You, it's provocation. You, I mean, you're, yeah. you're asking. You're asking for trouble. Yeah. Well, you get the, you get the notion fairly quickly that they didn't come here to make friends. Yeah. This, this, this wasn't the best friends race. No. No. No, it wasn't. No, this wasn't the best friends race. And they were interested in war. War, great and terrible. War, Mark, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Say it again, y'all. <laughs> so being cocky, the Gales decide that they will wait a distance of nine waves offshore while the two had done and while the fairies get ready for, uh, for the big battle at yeah. Chalchip. Uh, but of course, the minute the gales, the minute the humans were offshore, the fairies threw everything in bar the kitchen sink at them. Uh, the waves roared up like mountains, and thunder came down, in, or lightning came down, should I say, in mighty streams. And everyone thought they were going to die. A number of the boats did sink. But American stepped forward, and American, being a good Gaelic warrior, was also a very good poet. And a very good singer. Well-rounded. He was a well-rounded, well-rounded. character. Well-rounded. character. And I'm not allowed to sing this, people. You can go on, go on. We'll give no, you a little, I, I little, won't. Little. No, 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 no. I've been... Do you, is this no. the Irish thing where you want me to just go, go on, go on, go on? And, <laughs> and then you do I it. will. No, no. Okay, yeah. good. No. <laughs> I am the wind on the sea. I am wave on the ocean. I am a powerful bull. I am an eagle on a rock. I am the brightness of the sun. I am a fierce wild boar. I am a salmon in the pool. I am the wisdom of art. I am a spear sharp in battle. I am the god that puts fire in the brain. It sounds more beautiful in Irish. It sounds like Simon and Garfunkel lyrics. <laughs> it does. Or as you're doing, I just kept thinking as well, cuckoo, cuckoo. I think it sounds a little bit like, you know, those affirmations that some people do in the mirror in the morning. You know, yeah, psyching yourself you know, up. You know, when you want to ask your boss for a pay raise and you're looking in the mirror and going, I am the bull of seven battles. Or you can just subtly and slyly do it on a podcast like. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward silence. I'm <laughs> speaking hypothetically. You're never speaking hypothetically. You've always, you're a storyteller. You've always got an angle. There's always a message. Uh, now, when the Gales uh, made it ashore again, because with the beauty of his song, with the beauty of his poetry, Mergen stilled the waves, a little bit like Jesus on the Sea of Galilee. The Gales made it ashore again, and they met the fairies in battle. The battle was fierce at Chalchen. Uh, but, of course, the Gales, being the Gales, soundly defeated the two-hundred-eight on it, soundly defeated the fairies. 
it said that the three kings were dead, the three queens as well were dead with them, so Eru, Shudla and Banba were all dead. Poor Banba. And it said that the leader of the fairies, the only one left, because the Dagda was gone off into the great beyond, and Lu was dead as well. Lu, the god of fire, he was gone, uh, murdered. Uh, it said that the, lead, the only one left went to the leader of the humans, Americans, saying, where will we go? You've taken everything away from us. You've taken our lands, our freedom. To which the leader of the humans replied, you can go under the ground. By which he meant, you can all die. Yeah. But the fairies took it very literally, obviously, going very far under the ground inside of fairy hills where they lie in wait to this day. Beautiful party. I love the way storytellers, like seasoned storytellers, do that thing where they trail out the last <laughs> few words. <laughs> I've listened to it. Are you listening. saying I'm using psychological tricks on people? Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've met your partner. <laughs> yeah, you use some charm there, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is, that is one of those kind of exploring stories. But it's weird because when I was thinking about exploration, I wasn't thinking about people exploring to Ireland. Right. But of course, you know, that, that, that is a thing. We are, it's kind of being the type of people we are, we find it hard to see ourselves as being a prize or maybe yeah. viewing our land in the way. The three brothers, the three yeah. kings, yeah. Um, it's not until someone points it out to us. And, yeah. you know, if we can get past the awkwardness of being complimented and go, geez, what we have isn't so bad at all. But it's amazing how, to me, how the folklore and the reality of it enmesh. Yeah. Because there's so much, because the very first Irish people are, according to folklore, are explorers. And then, of course, you have the million people going out from Ireland after the famine, going out into every corner of the globe. Irish people in in Argentina and all of these places all over the world. Yeah, but it's, it, you know what? We're not a great people, really, it seems, for exploring en masse. It's only really when we're, we're forced to leave that we go and we make the best of it. Mm-hmm. There's always something that has to draw us away. You don't see much of people just going, I'm, I'm going to explore for the sake of exploring. Yeah. Like, one of the stories for me, which isn't naturally wouldn't actually be seen as an exploration kind of story is the story of Tiernan Oak. All right, yeah. Um, I'm not going to tell the story, Paddy, but I do think it was worth kind of exploring the no. story. Because see what he did there? See what That's going to get edited out. Um, but, but again, looking at how Oshin is in that, it's only when this, this beautiful, exotic creature, Neve, you know, uh-huh. the, the golden hair comes from this, this far, foreign land. Yeah. And obviously she's attracted to Ireland, the idea, and she's yeah. she's heard of this great poet and warrior, again, well-rounded. Yeah. Uh, Oshie, unlike his father, unlike his father, who was a great warrior, but didn't spend too much time on the old uh, learning side of things. That's no. what happens when you take a nom of a, of a magical fish. <laughs> it's like a cheat sheet. Yeah, it is a bit. Like, he was very wise, but he wasn't very well-grounded. No, he didn't put the work in. It's just he had a hand. He was spoiled. He was a spoiled child is what he was. But Oshin set off, you know, taken away by the by the promise of this 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 wonderful life with this beautiful woman. Wow. And I remember I remember talking to someone after a tour many years ago, and they uh, he was an Irish guy. But I'll be honest, I could I could say he was from somewhere, but the truth is I don't remember where he was from. Right. But he was from somewhere, 
And he said, ah, there they were, coming over here, stealing our men. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, yes, you actually, know, I remember the whole conversation yeah. we had, but I don't remember, I just imagine he was listening, he goes, that was me. Yeah. But he, of course, they go off to cheer it oak, and it's beautiful, and there's no pain, and there's no sickness, and, you know, three years, what seems like no time there at all. Yeah. And Man and on, Mark Lear, you see, felt so sorry for the fairies after... The, the Battle of Talton that he prepared a place for them he was actually he was very sound I mean, they gave him the gifts of uh, well what he said was immortality food everlasting and um, well, what was the other one some people describe it as being invisibility but it's that they could pass into this world unnoticed but uh, yeah Oshin, Oshin when he does come back of course Ireland's changed and everything's different and his, his father his people it's been 300 years I, it didn't feel like 300 years to him in Tyrion and all that was, to me it was part of the tragedy I mean yeah. it's very easy to get distracted you ever been browsing in a bookshop Paddy? I would say bookshop because you're a reader I could have easily yeah. said ever browsing in a cake shop Paddy? <laughs> and next thing you realise it's April um, <laughs> but there, yeah he was, he was taken away but he was so distracted by the other land he forgot all about home well he didn't really because he dreamt every night but the fact was 300 years had passed and he came back and and all was lost and all was gone, you know. Ireland was a very different place. But it's a time when he's gone. Now, I, I was only thinking about this this morning. Where are the, where are the stories of the Fina and Fionn with the absence of O'Shane? They don't seem to be there from what I've read. Anyway, I might be wrong. Yeah, because, I mean, you see, you see him appearing in, in the, great, the great stories, the stories that yeah. are well-known and that. But, you know, it's those, those years of... Because even in the pursuit of Dermot and Grania, yeah. is quite old. Oshin is there. Oshin is there, yeah. yeah. But of course, Fionn never died then. In the end, himself, he's like you said, he's a, he's asleep in the hills, waiting for when he's called upon again. The once and future. Yeah, King, yeah, yeah. I mean, if he's not come out of hibernation with all the shite we've been through, um, if, he's, if someone he's not coming. during the during the boom times didn't build uh, disturb him while building an enormous house on top of a fort. I don't think... Yeah, just building the motorway through it. Sorry, we're sounding as bitter as, as we are. But there's many ways to kind of to explore Paddy, you know. And, of course, we always do tend to go into the big sagas and stuff like that. But it's reading a wonderful little story. And it's weird, because all these stories, and it was annoying me, they're all set in Kerry. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Even that, even when Oshin goes off to Tiernanog, it's I on the shores. Some beautiful Monaghan stories and uh, Wicklow as well. No, there are, but everything I was, it just Kerry kept coming up, and I thought, I'm sitting down with this Vecker, and everything I know is Kerry this and Kerry that. <laughs> and then I jabbed it in the thing in my head, it was like, well, if I lived in Kerry, I'd want to leave too. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, I'd never say that because you will probably kill me in my sleep. But there was a great little story about a man called Dan Mulready, and he'd never had a dream. Which is, he'd never he'd go to sleep at night and he'd wake up the next day refreshed but he never and it wasn't that he couldn't remember them he'd never had a dream and he'd he'd annoy his wife Nuala asking her about this and always wondering what he could do or have a bit of cheese before bed he didn't care if it was a nightmare he didn't care whether it was sad or violent or just pure joy uh, he'd never had a dream and he said that he couldn't die happy until he'd actually experienced dreaming so he'd bang on about this quite a lot, and he was—he uh, worked on a big, uh, big chunk of land. He managed an estate for this family, and he was out mending a fence one day. And of course, that the master 
comes along on horseback as they're wanted to do. I don't have coconuts here, just clip clopped <laughs> them together, Monty Python-esque. But the master came along and he said hello to him and they got chatting. Because I mean, he knew yeah. his station, but they got on quite well. And he said it to him and the master said, he said, do you know what he says? If you do what I tell you tonight, when you go to sleep, you'll have a dream. And you'll have the dream to end all dreams. And he's like, jeez, I'm listening. What do you think I should do? He says, well, when you go to bed tonight, he says, when you're getting ready for bed, I want you to clear out the fire. Rake out the ashes, clear out the heart, and bring down your bed and make your bed up in the fire and sleep in it. And tonight, you'll dream. You'll go on an amazing adventure and you'll have a great dream. He's getting high on sulfur or something. I don't know what, because you know know there was something going on. um, (laughs) But he goes home and he tells his wife that's what he's going to do. And she, of course, thinks, Jesus, what's he been up to, you know? And she says, well, if you're sleeping there, I'm going to sleep. Because he's taking the bed. You know, let's be honest. It's not like they had a a fold-out or inflatable bed, you know, back then. So his wife gets, gets into the bed with him in the fireplace. And they're there lying beside each other. And next thing you know, he drifts off into sleep. And he gets rudely awakened by this massive banging on the front door. So he gets up out of the bed, of course. And she's there and she's asleep. And he runs over to the door. And he opens the door. And it's one of the master's other servants. And he says, listen, he says, Danny, I've got a letter. It's from the master. And he wants you to deliver it to America. And he's like, well, of course. I'll go right away. <laughs> so he puts on his shoes and his gans, he gets himself all done up and he takes the letter. Doesn't even wake her to let her know. Like, he buttered his brogues. He buttered his brogues. Yeah, that's right. Before people could afford shoe polish. We're going to come back to that. They'd body, butter and they'd rub it into their shoes. They'd rub butter shine. into everything, by the way. But yeah, again, yeah. a very specific reason we're coming back to that. But of course, Danny Mulready heads off out of the house. He's off heading down the road very, very late at night and he's just heard a cow just standing in a field and he says hi to them and the cows talk back to him. And they say, Danny Mulready, where are you going to this hour of the night? And he goes, gee, I didn't think you knew my name. And he goes, everyone knows who you are. Now tell us, where are you off to? And he says, I've got this letter and I've got to deliver it to America. And was heading off down to the shore now. And they said, well, what are you going to do when you get to the shore? There'd be no boats. He's like, Sure, I'll figure it out when I get there. Okay? <laughs> so he heads off down to the shore and he gets there. It's bright now because he's, he's walking, you know. And he's, well, he's a bit of a trot on him. And he gets down to the shore and he doesn't see any boats, right? He said, it's too early. But he sees this crane standing on one foot. And the crane quite grumpily goes, says to him, Daniel already, what are you doing down here at this hour? And he's thinking to himself now, and more times he doesn't say it out loud probably, but he's like, how is it suddenly everyone knows who I am? I imagine cranes as being quite snooty or herons as being yeah, quite snooty. Yeah, they've got a bang of it off them, don't they? Daddy already. And what are you doing down here? Judgy. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting that as well. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah let's judge an entire species based on what we think. <laughs> um, but they do have a bang of that off, more. Like, badgers are all old men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and otters. No, um, so... <laughs> the, the cranes asked him what's he doing and he's like I've got to get to America but there's no boat so I don't know how I'm going to get there and I've got to deliver this letter it's really important the crane says well hop on my back climb onto my back and I'll fly you all the way to America and he says ah now it's fairly far <laughs> what if you get tired and he's like I'm not going to get tired like I just, just yeah, but like halfway there you get wrecked and like you know we're both done for 
And he says, no, come on. He says, jump on my back and I'll fly you over to America. So he does. He climbs on the back of the crane. He's flying across the sea and halfway across, the crane starts to slow down a bit <laughs> and it starts to dip a bit. Yeah. And Danny starts getting worried and the crane says, listen, I'm wrecked. Off you get. <gasps> and he's like, I can't. He looks down and he just sees water. Yeah. Nothing else, just the blue party. And the crane is like waving from side. If it could have flew upside down, it would have, just to shake him off. And it's it's all over the place. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. But he says, listen, he says, if you just can fly over a boat. As soon as we come near a boat, he says, I'll jump off onto the boat and the captain can take me the rest of the way to America. And the crane agrees. And it isn't too long before they see a boat and he's looking down and the captain looks up at him from the boat. And he shouts, is that you, Danny Mulready? <laughs> <laughs> and he says, he says, it is. He's gotten used to it at this stage, you know. Uh, Z-list, Z-lister. Uh, he says, it is me. And the captain says, listen, if you kick off one of your shoes, if it lands on the deck, it's safe and you can jump straight down after it <laughs> and I'll, I'll take you to America. I hear that's where you're going. So Danny thinks it's great. And he's there, like he's hanging on. So he's like shaking his foot and dangling his leg and he eventually kicks off the shoe and he sees the shoe fall and then he hears a loud thud and a shout. And the shout is his wife, Nula. <laughs> and she's, Danny, what are you doing? Where are you? Where are you gone? Next thing, Nula's up and she's looking around the bed and there's no sign of Danny. But she's got the shoe. She's got this <laughs> shoe lying beside her head. And next thing, she looks up the chimney and she sees there's Danny halfway up the chimney with one shoe on and one shoe off. And in he's his asleep, nightgown, yeah. Covered in soot. He'd had a dream. He'd fall asleep. Aww. And it was the shoe hitting her on the head that woke her up. <laughs> so you don't even have to leave your house for an adventure. No. It was... Uh, but I read that and I just really enjoyed it. I did the thing at the end there that you did. But I forgot to do it at the end of the story. So I did it in the, in the after story. You know what? The heron in that story reminded me. It reminded me of you know, your mate who has to play a football match or a soccer match the following day. And he's still in the disco at three o'clock. I you know, it, it, well, I, no, I don't know what that's like. He <laughs> shows up as a GA pitch the following day. Goes, of course, I can play. Yeah, of course I can. I could see you switch as soon as we mentioned that crane. Uh, you were like, "That's what was in your head." <laughs> in your head. I could see your eyes and you're wondering it. But that's the great thing about stories is you'll hear something in it, oh, yeah. and then you go off and that thing, which excellently brings me back to the butter thing, buttered brogues. Butter, yeah, buttered brogues. Okay, I mean. I know, I'm just going to jump straight into it uh, before I talk about what I wanted to say. I'm talking to a carryman about butter. Do you want to just... <laughs> do you know what I mean? Let's not well, have it happen naturally. There's, there's, a, there's a Dubliner song about it called the Kerry Recruit. I'm not going to sing it. But basically about a carryman that was recruited by the British Army to go and fight in the Crimea. Yeah. And just, he's really naive. And the first line is, I buttered my brogues. And I shook hands with my spade. I said goodbye to his shovel. Uh, and away to the fair, like a dashing young blade. It does the great scene in it where he he sees a ship for the first time. And he's like... Okay. Yeah, and he's describing the ship. And three sticks in the middle, all wound round with sheets. And she <laughs> walks through the water without any feats. Without <laughs> any feats. I mean, anything to make it rhyme. Yeah. Uh, but the thing of Burren I thought was interesting because, yeah. you know, to make a shillelagh, uh, a traditional shillelagh, 
you butter it and you stick it up a chimney. I didn't know that. Yeah, no. you cure it with the butter and you put it up in a chimney for six weeks. People will tell you different times and stuff like that. You know, you use the root of a black thorn three. It's like rubber, that right. stuff is. But you cure it, you harden it up, but you coat it thickly in butter yeah. and put it up the chimney. Yeah, well, I imagine I'm, it's very tenuous, but... Let's roll with it, Paul. Everything is... Uh, there was more of a, a an exploring of what butter could do. Which is, oh. nowadays we just go and say butter is for your bread or for indescribables. Um, Genuinely, I don't want to <laughs> poke that one at all. Um, but they would have explored it like, oh yes, leather looks very good if you rub butter into it and yeah. it does something to the leather to make it last a bit longer. Yeah, it would do. Yeah. And it smells delicious. <laughs> right, I'm going to look for another question that we've Dude, been asked. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I fear, I fear where the, we're going. Um, how do I find a well of wisdom? How do you find the well of wisdom? Practice. <laughs> oh no, wait, that's yeah. Carnegie <laughs> Hall. <laughs> I, 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 okay, <laughs> that was for them to get. Hopefully, they got it in the time between me saying it and you talking to me like I'm a child. Um, <laughs> I am 10 years your senior. Yeah, how do you get to the well of wisdom? What's the well of wisdom, Paddy? Um The well of... Well. It's the knowledge and the water flowing yeah. out. and it's. But how would you, how would you get there? When we've been to the, the Shannon Pot. Yes. So, uh, well, did we take the M50? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? When we go on airfield trips, I never know. I never know <laughs> what way we're going to go. Yeah. Of course, by the time we have this one ready and put this one yeah. up, there'll be, we'll have another... Field trip under our belt. Yeah, so the the the, the things the acorns from the tree of wisdom fall into the yeah. into the well where lives the salmon of knowledge. Yeah, and then uh, Shannon, not our Shannon, not our Shannon, though quite wise in her own way. She is quite wise. Then looks for wisdom, the well of wisdom. Yeah, where the salmon of knowledge swims. Which one of the salmon of knowledge? Finton. Finton. Okay, the main the main boy. The main boy. Yeah. yeah. But weirdly, because I hadn't thought about it, and it's quite silly of me, when we talk about exploration party and then I talk about the field trip, that's us. Exploring oh, doesn't mean leaving the land. No, no. Like you said, you can you can explore without even leaving your own bed. Yeah. You know, and not well, and not in that way, party. <laughs> <laughs> explore one another's bodies. Um, <laughs> get no. out there, ladies and gentlemen. In, yeah. in your own community. You'd be surprised the things that you, you learn new and exciting stuff about your own community because uh, great great thing about Ireland anyway is that there's so many layers of history no matter how far you peel back there's always yeah. something more uh, always something more to learn especially with how diverse Ireland is now yeah. like we're lucky because we have visitors coming to us coming to yeah. our doorstep and we we find out so much from them I meet place, people from places I've never heard of you know and even exploring our own little chunk of rock like the, the field trips four times a year it's great to get out yeah, yeah. we visit a lot of places do you have a favourite? Um, where was my favourite? Uh, there's one that I'm not allowed to talk about uh, <laughs> the castle the castle yeah. you can talk about the castle it was a beautiful castle um, just the castle <laughs> the, was the Earls of Ormond were based out of the castle yeah beautiful. I think so Beautiful place and uh, this the Kilbegan the whiskey place. That was I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't there. Um, that was, yeah. I quite enjoyed that one. 
the day we went to not Scotia's grave but um, Maeve's grave Maeve's tomb go Maeve's and, tomb, and, yeah. and there was no echo yeah that was and we had hot chocolate yeah yeah we did we had hot chocolate on top we remember that vividly yeah. <laughs> that was that was a, I couldn't that, tell that, you I was, I was where I was or what I saw but I can tell you what I ate. <laughs> that would normally, like, but oh, I yeah, always remember the hot, how it ah, made me the feel. The Kahlua. Ah, yes. <laughs> Kahlua. That's how I remember. Yeah. My one, I loved, were you with us when we went over to the Burren? We went to Eileen's place. The, yes. That was phenomenal. I mean, yeah. for a Dublin boy, like, kind of, that was... Some friendly yeah. goats. Some friendly goats. I have a great photograph of me with the goats. Me and the donkey, that incident. And Eileen's uh, father's theories about how full of fears were actually foot spas. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever forget that. Well, and that's, and that's the thing as well. Like, I, I've always said that, you know, our most defining characteristic as a people is our ability to communicate and the style and nature of our communications. But when we go to these places, it's who we're talking to. Like, it is, it is beautiful to see a rock and see a tree. Don't get me wrong, party. I, I love a good stick. Yeah. You know, everyone knows I love a good stick. But like it's the when Cavern you... Burn was out of this world the time yeah. we walked to the Cavern Burn. Yeah. And but it was also a very lonely place. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's great because then they're dying for us to be there. You know <laughs> what I mean? True. You can literally talk to yeah. anyone. But the Cavern Burn is like being in another world. It's yeah. Just with all the, the huge standing stones and everything. It's marvellous. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've we visited some great places. So I would encourage people to explore our own little island, especially now with all the you know the the, the people being reluctant to take flights and stuff like yeah. that. You know what I mean? It's it's for your carbon footprint. It is yeah, great to get out. So. It's um, part of your own community. Yeah, yeah, that's that's important. Is that the message, though, Hardy? For the carbon to get is that our signing off? Is that our message to explore? Yeah. Yeah, look after your carbon footprint and go out into your own countryside. Yeah, and, 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 and I mean the train, Paddy, do you love a train? Oh, I do love a train. I love um, a train. Is, now, uh, do you love a train or the catering cart? Because I love the <laughs> catering cart. I like Irish trains because they're so slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially the train between Mallow and Killarney is just in no rush to get anywhere. <laughs> just, well, it's, it's what way are you heading? Like, is oh, it slower going to one than the other? It's slower, I think, going from Mallow to Killarney. In no rush to get there. <laughs> no. I tell you, I loved Killarney, though. I loved my time down in Killarney. I was annoyed by the horse and traps, like, slowing down all the traffic through the place. But, it, again, it just yeah. urges you to get out and walk. Don't use a car if you, if you don't have to. I also wanted to go and find a lake monster down there explore the lakes because that's the thing we talk about exploring outer space and all this and, and yet we haven't explored our own bodies of water yeah lock crawling down there yeah with the with the sea monster with the pot on top of its head yes uh, Muck Ross as well Muck Ross, yeah. Mucky if you affectionately refer, <laughs> refer, refer, if, no, Mucky I've never heard them call it Mucky though. yeah so. Mucky and Muck Ross uh, yeah carp is really what it is but let's yeah. not uh, ruin the illusion okay well listen is there and you, do you know what one of the questions just says Badgers. <laughs> it's not. It's got a question mark. Um, yeah, I firmly believe that badgers have an entire society down there. You know, badger cities, badger cinemas, badger bars. Do they? They don't strike me as particularly social. <laughs> no, I think that's what they want you to think. I have been referred to mainly because of the, my my grumpy demeanour 
and my salt and pepper beard, which makes it sound way more attractive than it is, uh, as being a badger. But yeah, I just always took it as a salty. But you think there's an entire network? Oh, yeah, I think they're, the, the con artists are at the top, and then the badger cities are up to the ground. So that's your response to badgers as a question yeah. is that they are. We need to explore down there just in case that, you know, like badgers are building oh, like we've missiles. Been into, we've been into a lot of caves. Yeah, Museum as Arigna. well. We were down into a Rigna mine. And again, what made that special was talking to the guys there who had yeah. worked the mines as, as as young men. That was phenomenal. So explore. Explore yourself. Uh, ex- explore the, the, your, your local environment. Explore the countryside. <laughs> Don't know why you do that in that accent. Uh, no. <laughs> it's yeah. no less ridiculous <laughs> than your normal accent, Paddy. Ha, ha, ha. Paddy... I hand it over to you to sign off for us. Ladies and gentlemen, it was an absolute pleasure today to talk to you. Uh, Thank you very much uh, for joining us. You were indeed very, very good listeners.